Welcome back to another episode of Top of the Morning. I am Cameron, your host. Today, I have a very, very special guest on the podcast. She is the founder of The Contini Effect, entrepreneur, poet, rapper, friend, aunt, if you know, you know, yeah, and the host of Thrift Hall Thursdays on Instagram, Tony Contini. What's going What's on, Cam? good with you? <laughs> It's been, or should I say nephew? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's been so long, yo. Dude, it's, it's been, been five years. Five years. We were doing the math downstairs. Yeah. And it was 2018, and you said it was at your birthday party at your parents' house. Yeah. And that was literally post-COVID everything. Yeah, uh, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I said that with so much confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was post COVID. Yeah. Tony, can you count? It was twenty eighteen. <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, it's, it has been a minute. But like like you were saying, social media makes us feel like we're still in tune with each other's lives yeah. and everything, which it's all a misconception. Like you need I mean, to reach out to your people. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. it's not a substitution yeah. for like reaching out to people. But right. I, I do also think that it has its pros and it has its cons because like mm-hmm it's very easy to just like lose touch with people completely. And I feel Mm -hmm. like social media at least provides somewhat of a bridge to still have some form of communication, even if it's like, just like sharing memes and like, you know, commenting on a post or something like that. So yeah, swiping up here and there. Right. You know, like you said, like I said, you have your live videos. I'm tuning into the lives, making comments on the live, stuff like that. So yeah, it's a way, but doesn't beat the, the it face doesn't, to face. It, it, it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't I, I missed it. my nephew. Yeah, my for nephew. sure. For sure. And uh, if y'all are wondering, she got the name Auntie because um, we were in school. We went to NC State together. Go Pat. We were in, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, we were in school and she came to class with her hair tied. I think it was your hair tied. I had my head wrapped. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you like a whole aunt right now. <laughs> And from then it stuck. Like not just me, Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. <laughs> Shout out to the Juice God. He started calling her Auntie too, and it just stuck for. Well, that was as long as it started. Yeah, yeah. for a long time. For a long time. That so, since 2017. Like, yeah. Once I started wrapping my hair, it was like, oh yeah. No. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's giving it's whole wraps. Auntie vibes. It, it's wrapped. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Until until now, she she's Auntie. Yeah. So with that being said, I'm gonna jump right into the episode. So. You started your own brand a few years back. You told me about it. You were like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And from Jump, I was like, yo, this is dope. And from that, it branched into a whole lot of other things. Um, The brand being called the Contini Effect. If you just want to go into that, what is the Contini Effect? Yeah, so the Contini Effect is my personal brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an acronym. So Contini is my last name, but I made it an acronym for creating optimistic networks that inspire and nurture individuals. That's so hard. You know what I'm saying? That's so hard. (laughs) I'm here for the acronyms. I'm here for the double meanings. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, the Contini effect, essentially what I want to do with this brand is I want it to be the umbrella for everything else that I do. So I've always been very entrepreneurial. I've always you know, had that drive to create a name for myself and create legacy for my name. So the Contini effect was kind of just like the first way of me being able to do that. Mm-hmm. At first I was like, oh, this is going to be like the name of a podcast. Yeah. And then I was like, this is going to be the name of a song, yeah. which it is. It Y'all is. can check it out on all streaming yeah. platforms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but really what I want to do with the brand is I want to find a way to incorporate all the things that I love and have different avenues that 
I'm sprinkling the Contini effect on. Like anything that I do, anything that I create is the Contini effect. So I'm always gonna make sure I have some touch of my personality, my charm, my style, my swag. Like it's going to be embedded in some way, shape or form with the hopes of it inspiring people, uplifting people and encouraging people, especially when it comes to healing and becoming better versions of themselves. Yeah. Yo, y'all can't say that. That ain't dope. Like <laughs> the whole thing, the whole umbrella is fire appreciate it it's fire (laughs) so you're saying everything you want to do you want to have the continuing effect on it what is everything that you're doing so i am also an mc Mm -hmm. so i don't really like saying i'm a rapper because there's just a connotation around being a rapper especially when you're a female people are like oh so like what do you be rapping about and i'm like not what you think i yeah right right, right. (laughs) um so you know i've I've always preferred lyricist mc um or even just straight up being an artist Mm -hmm. but i make music I also recently launched my own vintage reselling boutique, so Misfits Fashion. Mm-hmm. Bow, bow, bow. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay for now. Like you know, you just gotta like implement it yourself. Like yeah. You know, it's, it's, well, I get people to make some donations, to support the podcast. Like I'll be asking about that. There you go. Hey, hey, that, that's the shameless plug right there. <laughs> if anybody knows somebody or you're that somebody, step forward. Hey, step out on faith. Hey, always, always. <laughs> Um, so yeah, those are like two things right now that I'm doing, uh, Mm -hmm. for a little bit, I was doing event planning. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, when I was going to state, I worked in UAB, which is essentially the university activities board. Mm -hmm. I was the chair of the speakers and professional development committee. So one of my biggest events was tough talks Mm -hmm. and that's essentially, yeah, it's NC state's version of Ted talks essentially. So I had gained a lot of experience about event planning, event coordinating and stuff like that. So I kind of took that and in my own entrepreneurial way, I was, you know, helping people uh, plan birthday parties, bridal showers, um, wedding, you know, decorations and things like that. Baby showers. I was doing all types of stuff on the side. So I've I've always been a very hustle minded person. And like I, I give that to, you know, my roots in New York, but also my mom's just always been very hustle minded and very hardworking. So there's a lot of things that I aspire to do, but I've learned over the years that I have to narrow it down because to have my attention spread over multiple places just spreads me thin and I actually don't end up doing anything or not enough for it to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. So now I've recently just been mainly focusing on my vintage business as well as music so yeah for sure what brought you down to north carolina from new york school so uh when i was graduating high school my mom was planning on moving down south so i applied to only southern schools i applied to um schools in georgia like i think university of georgia athens um i applied to some schools in south carolina Uh, But at the end of the day, my two choices came down to VCU, so Virginia Commonwealth, and then High Point University. To this day, I wish I went to VCU, but we're not going to talk about that. We we both have schools that we're like, yo, I should have went here. Maybe for different reasons, obviously, but... Yeah, it's, but it's okay because at the end good. of the day, we I feel like we learned the lessons we were supposed to learn, yeah. where we ended up, and yeah. you know, me making the decision to go to High Point, I felt like at that time in my life, I just had something to prove. Um, my mom didn't really think I was ready for college, even though I was practically like a straight A student. I was National Honor Society, um, top ten percent in my class. You know, I, I always got really great grades, but 
for whatever reason, she just didn't feel like I was ready. So she was like, why don't you consider community college? And my ego perked up and I'm like, nah, like I'm going to do a four year. And I thought High Point was absolutely gorgeous. It's like a country club university yeah. Yeah. they had like pools and hot tubs and arcade a steakhouse i was like why would i not i didn't yeah. know how student loans work <laughs> so let me put that out there <laughs> i was like everyone was like but you need to see the price tag and i'm like yeah that's what loans are for oh my and um gosh. here i am <laughs> all these loans later yeah. but yeah. um i went to high point for two years and at the time i was studying interior design so High Point is the furniture capital of the world. For real. Mm-hmm. So they have I didn't know that. in the fall and in the spring they have what's called uh, furniture market, okay. and it's like all these interior designers, architects, decorators. They come and they like exhibit like their latest like furniture designs and like linen sets and like anything like interior design related. Yeah. They like showcase that. Okay. Um, High Point used to have a lot of furniture manufacturing like businesses and things like that. So to me, it only made sense. Like, okay, if I'm going to be studying interior design, go to the place right. where it's central globally. So right. that's also what fueled my decision. But after my first year, uh, I found out that the interior design program was more expensive than their pharmaceutical program. And I, when I looked at salaries, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, the math is a math thing. I don't know what's really going on with that. that. Like, up. why would I do that? So... <laughs> I ended up changing my major to journalism, but High Point's journalism department isn't accredited. So uh, the problem with okay. that is even if I got my degree there, say I wanted to go and work for like a news station or um, any form of media or press, they could question the validity of my degree because the school's not accredited. Mm. And the only reason why they weren't accredited was because they didn't want to give students access to the school newspaper because they were using the newspaper for PR. And they knew if they had the students voicing uh, their discrepancies and yeah. experiences, it would completely tarnish right. what they were building. So, okay. yeah. um, so after two years at High Point, I made the decision i was like i my mental health was in the ground like i was just not okay and i was like you know what like i'm gonna take a leap and transfer but i didn't have application money like that so right, right, right. <laughs> i was like i'm applying to one school and i narrowed it down from uh unc chapel hill uh wssu winston-salem state and nc state and I was like, I feel like NC State is the perfect medium between the three. And I went out on a limb, applied, and I got in. Yeah. And then fall 2017, I made my way to Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. Go back. Been here ever since. I've been here ever since, yeah. which is the wildest part. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love the... I don't even want to say I love like the vibe of Raleigh. It's more so... There's a charm that Raleigh has that I feel like it has a lot of potential mm-hmm. because it's still an up and coming city and there's so much development. It's developed so much even since I transferred to state. I remember yeah. Hillsborough Street was still under construction right. at that time. So, you know, there's just so much that's evolved. And to me, as an artist and as an entrepreneur, I always see that as there's potential for growth, there's potential for opportunities, there's potential for making, claiming your stake and like making your own. So, because you can get in where you fit in because there's really nothing established. So there's room for everyone in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's how I ended up from New York in Raleigh. And then even when I left state, I just stayed in Raleigh and 
yeah, I've been here in North Carolina for like eight years now, mm-hmm. something like that. And like six of those in Raleigh. Yeah. So yeah. I'm here now. You see yourself staying any longer? I don't know. I'm going to be totally honest. I don't yeah. know. For a little bit, I was considering Atlanta. And I was like, yo, Atlanta. Oh, when you're talking about creation or talking about entrepreneurship or talking about uh, being an artist and stuff like that, like. Booming. Atlanta's a place to go. Yeah. They have a huge market for that. But my thought was like, is it oversaturated? I yeah. I was questioning, because I have friends in New York that were like, yo, like, would you ever move back to New York? And I'm like, first of all, do you have moved back to New York money? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if y'all understand what I'm paying here for what I got versus right. what this would get me in New York. Yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to live in a cardboard box. Yeah, right, um, right. And that be considered a sweet deal. So, no. But I didn't want to move somewhere where their scene is already so saturated that I'm moving in with my arms already swinging, trying mm. to like find a space yeah. where because Raleigh is still developing, I just have this feeling like North Carolina, not just Raleigh in general, but North Carolina as a state collectively, there's a lot that's brewing and like boiling and North Carolina's being put on the map. So I, I think it's kind of like de- divine alignment as well that I'm even here. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the people that I've met and connected with, it makes sense for me to have stayed as long as I have. But to say Raleigh is like my forever home, I don't know. Um, I have been considering like Virginia, like maybe Richmond, which is what's bringing back up the regrets of not yeah, going yeah, yeah, to VCU. Because yeah. yeah. uh, I did love Richmond. Richmond yeah. is a gorgeous gorgeous city so and it's so artsy it's so culturally rich and diverse so i don't know i don't know yet time will tell i know look one thing about it yeah one thing about it yeah but stepping on the faith is always a good thing to do and if it doesn't work out you always got something to fall back on and it's not if i were to go to virginia it's not too far from north carolina either way so that's something that i also took into consideration was okay maybe i could do business in richmond and kind of just like see what it's like because it's maybe only what like a two hour two and a half hour yeah Yeah. very similar to if i was going to charlotte right they're about the same distance so i could you know still do business and be accessible to richmond kind of feel it out before i would make any move of course but if i wanted to and say i did move to richmond then again the tables turn and now raleigh's only two and a half hours away so i still have connections and things like that so it's still accessible whereas mm-hmm. i feel like georgia would be almost like a complete disconnect yeah so, i understand that i understand that yeah um let's touch on your music yeah you so if i remember correctly i went to a i don't even know if you would call it um it's kind of almost like an open mic night you're on somebody's back porch and yes. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And you wrote it started out as a poem, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and then you turned it into a song, and the song was called "The Continuing Effects." Yes. So, and then that branched off into you doing performances and you writing more music and you being featured on songs and yes. music videos and everything like that. So, take me into the the vision or the process of how you got to writing poems to now being an actual artist Mm. oh man um it's a very interesting journey because i don't feel like it's typical to a lot of artists i've met a lot of people that are like yo i 
have always been making music my whole life. And for me, I was always writing poetry. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been writing poetry since I could hold a pencil, you know, in my hand. And I used to even keep a notebook by my bed because sometimes I would like wake up in the middle of the night and like have a poem and I'd like write it and then like go back to sleep. So mm-hmm. I like lived and breathed poetry for a really long time in my childhood. And uh, it, it was a way of also just like keeping myself sane. You know, I, I came from a very chaotic childhood. So poetry and music were always my two ways of just grounding myself and like processing my emotions. And when I got older, so I think it was when I transferred to state, I had gone to a kickback that a few friends of mine were hosting. I thought I was late. CP time. I was early. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm pulling up like, oh, I'm about to like blend in. You know what I'm saying? No, I, everyone was still setting up. I yeah. was like, oh, man. So um, they kind of just had some beats on. And uh, one of my friends was like, yo, like, you know, like, Tony, like, you go, like, spit some. And I was like, nah, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to freestyle. Like, I don't know how to no, do that. No. But <laughs> I started changing the way that I spoke about freestyling and I was like you know what I don't know how to freestyle but I know if I did I would be nice at it like I just had a feeling because I've always been so good with words that if I just knew how to recall information from my mind quick enough I could be nice at it so after that kickback maybe a few weeks later I was in my uh apartment I was in my room and something was just like, Tony, just put a beat on. Like, moment of truth. You're by yourself. Put a beat on. Try freestyling. If you're good, you're good. If you're not, no one will ever need to know. Right. And I put a beat on, and I was trashed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to sit here and sugarcoat it. I was buns. Oh, my god. And I was like, dang. Like, I'm glad I did this by yeah, myself. Right, right. And, you know, I, I just kept putting on, like, a few more beats. And what would happen is I would kind of like mumble and stumble my way through. And then I'd say like a bar or two that was hot. And I'm like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd go and I'd write it down. And I'd be like, yeah. okay. And then I'd go and I'd like stumble my way through and I'd find something else. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was hot too. And I kind of just practiced rapping those lines. And I was like, okay, like, I kind of got a little flow. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And. I had saved this beat on my YouTube thinking it would be like inspiration for an intro song to a podcast. And I saved it like a year prior. So this is like the end of 2018. So I probably had saved it at some point in 2017. And I just happened to click on it. And I was like, yo, like this beat is fire. And I just started reciting one of my poems called Melanin Queen on it. And I was like, hold on a minute. Like, Tony, you're on to something. Yeah. So I just started making some adjustments to the lines of the poem. And that eventually turned into the Contini effect. Uh, just how I wrote and structured the song. I didn't know. I struggled with writing hooks for a while and still sort of kind of do. But I, it had, the song had very clear breaks in it where I'm like, ah, oh, like, I don't really know like what to do. And I'm like, oh, I could just talk. I'm like, maybe I can just use this as a way of introducing my personal brand. And one thing kind of led to another. And within a few days, I had finished writing the song. And after that, probably the beginning of 2019, I was just almost every night chilling in my car, putting on beats, and I was writing music. And 
still not freestyling or anything like that. I actually didn't start freestyling until the beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. So I had always heard about the cipher that there was like this cipher that happened on NC State campus at the Free Expression Tunnel. But it was almost like very mystified, like, oh, like there's this cipher. And I'm like, when is it? (laughs) I was like, I don't know anything about it. And, you know, I wasn't really making music very heavy at the time, so I didn't pursue it at all. But I had connected with a few artists at Emerge, RIP Emerge, um, so they closed down? Yeah. Oh, I they, did not yeah, know they that. they closed down after COVID. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. it was, That was a really big hit to the artist community in Raleigh. Yeah, I believe sure. it. I believe it. Yeah. So those of y'all that know, shout out to Emerge, RIP. Yeah. Um, Dang. Yeah. So I had connected with a few artists there. And, you know, when I told them that I rapped, they were just like, yo, like, have you ever been to the tunnel like there's a cypher that happens at the tunnel i'm like nah like i've heard of it but no one's ever really given me enough information to like find it right so they were like oh next monday pull up and i went to one cypher and then that next week lockdown had gone into full effect so i had went and was just in awe of like oh my gosh this is fire i didn't say a peep but i kind of just was that fly on the wall just watching spectating and I was so amazed at people's ability to just pull lyrics and punchlines out of their mind and like what to me felt like thin air. So during lockdown, that was my personal like goal. I feel like everyone kind of had some form of like skill or hobby or activity that they picked up during lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it was freestyling. So I made it a point that Every day I'm freestyling. So I designated my shower time. I was no longer listening to music or podcasts in the shower. I would just put beats on and I would just practice freestyling in the shower. And of course it was rough at first, but once you start practicing like hearing pockets and like picking up on cadence and things like that, you know, you and and rhyming words, you start, oh, okay, cool. Like I can like connect these things and stuff like that. And it wasn't until... Uh, July 2020 when the cypher opened back up that I spit for the first time and it was like I've been freestyling ever since and you know shout out to cypher university for you know just creating the space that they create and I'm now an active member of cypher university so you know I do a lot of work closely with them and you know have performed with them and done a lot of really cool stuff so yeah that's kind of been my journey from like poet to now MC and like full-blown freestyle artists and all that good jazz that's dope that's thank really you. dope you got some really good stories <laughs> thank you man that's look i need to hang around you more often <laughs> it's a movie it's <laughs> yeah, a movie it is, sometimes it is. like every time i see your instagram it's something new i'm like dang like what's only got going on <laughs> yeah. um so as you progress from poet to lyricist and i'm sure you have as many artists have like whatever their field is like if you're wanting to be a football player you study the, the greats at football. If you want to be a basketball player, you study the greats at basketball. So I'm sure you have studied the greats of hip-hop, rap, R&B, whatever it may be. Yes. So what is your take on the current state now of um, hip-hop, the female, the females in the hip-hop industry? You sure you want to go down that rabbit hole? I mean... You sure, I mean, sure you want my take on that? I, I, I do want your take on that. <laughs> um, no, so... I guess kind of first addressing like what my process of quote unquote studying looked like I because I didn't aspire to be a 
artist. Like that wasn't necessarily my goal. It was kind of just like, okay, this is something that I stumbled into and it just made sense. I didn't have anyone that I was like, yo, like I grew up listening to this person and like studying them. But so actually some backstory to kind of just contextualize this a little bit. My, I always came from a musical family. My mom loved music. My dad loved music. So did my brother. My brother was actually a DJ Mm -hmm. and he was the one that was like, I'm going to be a rapper. Brain had bars. (laughs) <laughs> just basically, I, one thing about one thing I'm not gonna do is sugarcoat it. Yeah. That's just what it is. So yeah, it was always it. kind of seen as like call a spade a spade. Hey, I mean, look, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it might it's be a, a duck. duck. You know what I'm saying? And that's all that it is. Um, if you want to do further investigation, that's on you. But I'm gonna just call it how I see it. So right. you know, and that was something that almost like was like a little like running joke in the family. It was like, oh yeah, like he's gonna be a rapper. Blah, blah, blah. But um, what I didn't realize at the time was because my brother was so heavily immersed in music and like all types of genres like it it wasn't just oh we only listen to this in my house it was everything you know my mom brought my mom loved classical music she loved r&b you know she's jamaican so reggae was always playing at some point um my dad loved what when i tell you my dad is an italian man from the bronx but this man had yeah, like yeah. my father loved funk motown like blues uh classic rock rock and roll like he was just my first introduction to funk was because of my dad and i just remember being mind blown mm-hmm. and you know my brother was always the rap hip-hop person um and for me, I always gravitated towards more so like pop and R&B. So I didn't even really grow up diving into hip hop. But I was so close to my brother that secondarily he would put me on to things. And I just remember, you know, gravitating towards certain artists and things like that. So in a way, I was unconsciously learning and studying the greats because I just loved learning the lyrics. If I really liked the song, I was like, yo, I want to be right there with them, like bar for bar. And, um, you know, a lot of that was like me listening to like Eminem, Busta Rhymes, Twisted, like the faster, the better. It always amazed me. So um, without kind of like going on a tangent for that, I just bring that up for context because when I then started rapping, people were always like, yo, like, who did you like study? Like, who, who are your like main influences? And I'm like... I mean, I don't really like have any like that. Um, I know who I grew up listening to and who I liked, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I studied or mirrored their flow or their cadence or style or anything like that. And it wasn't until I had gone to this, uh, what was it? It was like a Q&A that NC State had. They have like a program called State of Sound and... It's like a small artist collective that, you know, you can learn different software, whether that's, you know, from a production standpoint or as an artist, you wanted to share your music and collaborate with other artists. So they had had Ninth Wonder come in and, you know, he was kind of just talking and one of the people had asked, you know, what do you, what is some advice that you give to an artist that's starting out? And he was just like, just study like the greats and, you know, study the greats and, you know, whoever you really vibe with mimic their style and he was just like you know people think like mimicking is biting but he's like it's not it's it's oftentimes you need to start somewhere and then build your own sound from that right so i raised my hand and i asked him i was like 
okay, so what if like your journey is kind of the opposite and you started rapping and people tell you who they think you sound like, but you never listen to those people like that. And he was like, well, then go study them. So I'm like, okay, a lot of people would tell me, you know, I reminded them of Queen Latifah, MC Light, Eve. So I'm like, okay, like, let me go and like, listen to these people. And, you know, I had heard songs by Queen Latifah, of course, but I wasn't really familiar with MC Light. I loved Eve growing up. And, you know, I started diving into their work and I was like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable calling myself an MC and not myself knowing like the robust history of hip hop. So I just started going down the rabbit hole of learning. Like I'm talking like all the way back to like Africa Bombada, like, like back, back and, and just, you know, chronologically like making my way up. And so I started studying people like most deaf. The people that I gravitated towards uh, the most in my process of like studying was Most Deaf, Common, um, Wu Tang, uh, KRS One. Oh my, I've listened to his entire catalog. All 20 something plus albums of his, I have fine tooth combed and gone through. And I'm like, you are a lyrical genius. Mm-hmm. Hint, Black Thought, mm-hmm. you know? So those are people that lyrically. Um, either I admired them lyrically or I admired them um, sonically for like their their cadence or their flow or even their beat choices like Missy Elliott oh my her and Timbaland are insane oh, yeah, 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 yeah. a disgusting combo yeah, where you course. can't help but like stank face to Timbaland's beats yeah. And you can't 100%. help but move to them. 100%. So, you know, that was kind of my process of like studying was just, okay, what were the styles that I liked growing up and what were the sounds that I liked? And then, you know, I kind of just went from there. But it, it wasn't like I intentionally started um, studying. I just, that was a journey that unfolded for me with time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you answer the question about modern day? No, that's why. You know what's crazy? When I finished talking, I was like, yo, did I answer the question? Ah, no. I think it was a two part question because you were asking, like, studying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a two part question. So you answered the first part. Bet. Now, transitioning into hip hop today from a female perspective. Um, Or just for, like, the female artists that are in the industry right now. Yeah. um, To be honest, I think it's embarrassing. I think the the female representation right now in hip hop is absolutely doing a disservice to the female demographic, period. What I mean by that is there's a lot of women. I, I will say this. Do not confuse the level of female presence in hip hop as actual accurate female representation in hip hop. So just because it seems like there's a lot of women like out right now, doesn't mean that like female hip hop is booming Yeah. because it's okay. not. The, the, mm. the representation is completely skewed in the sense that there's only one style of female representation that you're seeing. If you fit a certain mold, you're willing to talk about certain things and it's very limited in what you can talk about. If you're not sexualizing yourself, if you're not talking about being an independent woman that doesn't need a man, if you're talking about, oh, I'm I'm a boss baddie and I can do this and and do whatever, then you'll, you'll get out there. But where are the people that are actually talking about things that the average woman can actually relate to? You know, like when you look at these women that are talking about, you know, 
oh, I'm a, I'm a this girl, I'm a that girl, you know, I don't need a man, like, blah, I'm just living my life and, like, having fun, but they're at home boot up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so you're not even rapping about a lifestyle that you live or that you participate in. And that goes both for the male and female yeah, side. You know, there, yeah. there's a lot of people not speaking their truths in music. They're, they're saying more so what they're either told to say, what was written for them to say, or what they think people want to hear. And I think that's where we've lost like the art of storytelling. We Because it's not uncommon for artists to tell stories that they don't necessarily live but there's a difference in storytelling versus you're just making up something yeah and you know that's why you can look at artists like pop and you can listen to songs like brenda had a baby yeah that wasn't pop's life but he was telling a story someone can relate to it and someone can be like yo i know a brenda shoot i'm a brenda Mm -hmm. people can look at it and be like wow that's real yeah but, you know, nowadays I feel like we've just lost that art of storytelling. And, and when it comes to the female presence in hip hop, there used to be a balance. And people are like, oh, well, like this raunchy, like over-sexualized music isn't new. Like, look at Lil' Kim. Look at, um, you know, Foxy Brown. And like, look at, you know, all these people. And it's like, okay, that's cool. And I get that. But at the same time, it was balanced because you had Miss Lauren Hill, Queen Latifah, Bahamadia. You had people, Left Eye, like you had people that balanced it. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, you can, you know, get your little turn up, hot girl, whatever you want going on. But at the same time, you could also get some in, like enlightening and enriching lyricism from women where it was like, wow, like this right here is like, actual lyricism you know and I, I know for me personally my goal with music is I I guess like you can say it's like my mantra when it comes to music is I want to bring back music with a message that feels and heals because I think there's a lot of trauma in hip-hop and I mean naturally like hip-hop came from a space of oppression you know it came from vocalizing the disparities and hardships that people were really living it wasn't glamorizing gang life it wasn't glamorizing drug life and you know pimping and stuff like that that was just the reality for people and they were like hey this is our only way to get y'all to see what we're doing as well as this is our only way to like keep our sanity is to transcend this pain into music but now it's just hurt people making more music to like influence hurting and I want to bring back music that's actually relatable and it talks about healing it talks about becoming a better version of yourself you don't have to be the pain that you experience you can be better you can heal and you can overcome that and I think there's a lot of people that are broken and there are a lot of people that are hurt that don't know what else to do. So they it's easy for them to feed into what the mainstream is telling them because that lifestyle is an escape. Mm-hmm. So the drugs, the alcohol, the sex, it's an escape. And it, it seems glamorous. But at the end of the day, all it is is escapism. And all it is is a cry for help, which is why you see so many artists committing suicide. You see artists overdosing. You see artists getting caught up in unnecessary violence that they shouldn't have had any business in. But their music is a cry for help in some capacity. But because it's just been sensationalized now, 
no one's actually acknowledging and really hearing what they're saying. A lot of people aren't even really listening to lyrics because then that comes into question of like, are you even writing your own lyrics? And that's another issue that I have with a lot of female artists that are predominant in the scene. They don't even write their own lyrics. How can you be revered as a certain tier artist or rapper and you don't even create your own rhymes? Yeah. Now, I know yeah. there are some like... Uh, like Mount Rushmore artists that, you know, they've had people write for them here and there. Like that's not unknown, but I do think there is a lot to be said about someone that is able to write for themselves and solely write for themselves. Okay. You want to write for other people? Okay, cool. Saha the Prince is fire and he's written for almost everybody. Mm -hmm. So cool. But at the end of the day, he, you know, he can hold his own. Mm hmm. But there's a lot of people that are just feeding into this narrative that, oh, like what these women are saying, they're actually doing and they believe. And this is why I'm like, yo, it's a loaded answer to that question yeah. because, you know, there's even the another layer behind it is like, OK, if these women aren't writing their their lyrics, who is? Oftentimes it's men. So, yeah, the face may be female, but the narrative is still from a man's perspective of what they think a woman should, or what a woman should do or what women should think. So other women are listening like, yes, girl, yes, me too, same, women empowerment. And it's like, no, you're, that's the puppet. Yeah. It's a man behind the scenes telling you that. Yeah. So yeah. I digress. But that's my answer on how I feel about female representation in hip hop right now is I feel like it is doing a very poor job of representing women and setting a poor example for the next generation of little girls who will eventually be women in this society. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So that begs the question. I've been seeing this a whole lot on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, this one question, who can save hip hop? So I'm going to actually reference something that most deaf had said, um, and um, his song, Fear Not of Man. And um, he said, you know, people always ask him, like, where's, you know, man, like, where's hip hop going? Like, what's the future of hip hop? And he's and he said, you know, people make it seem like hip hop is like this, like big mystical creature, you know, that just like hides out somewhere and like you can control it. But hip hop is the people. So hip hop will only go in the direction that the people are going. If the people are drugged out, hip hop's going to be drugged out. If the people are thriving and elevating and growing, hip hop will be thriving, elevating and growing. So, you know, that's that's how I perceive it is. I don't think there's going to be one person to specifically come through with a cape and be like, I'm here to save hip hop. But I think it takes multiple people with the mindset that my voice matters and I have something of substance to say and that with each person that continues to help shift the the spectrum in which hip-hop is on or the trajectory in which it's going yeah yeah very good answer yeah shout out to most Def, and also shout out to KRS-One because he also said and makes the distinction very clearly hip-hop is not hip rap is what you do hip-hop is who you are Hip-hop mm. is culture. Mm. So you don't do hip-hop. You are hip-hop. Rap is what you do. And I think that that is what has been lost nowadays is people have glamorized and put so much emphasis on the rapping that they've lost sight of the culture of hip-hop. And it's ironic even having this conversation because happy 50th birthday to hip-hop. 
you know, this is it today. Aug- no, but August is oh, like the oh, okay. 50th anniversary of the birth of hip hop. Oh. So yeah. See, I didn't even know that. Shout I out. Even know that. I gotta get on my hip hop game. You know, I get on my, my, my history stuff. Yes, sir. Um, it's a rabbit hole. I know <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Okay. So next subject, we talked a lot about music. Um, you mentioned something about your misfits fashion. Yes. Your thrifting. You do thrift off Thursdays every single Thursday at I don't know. I think it was like seven o'clock or something. Six thirty. Six thirty. Okay. Um, so I've been seeing you for like weeks. You've been hauling all these bags and going, <laughs> doing these. Um, what do you call them? Uh, when you try the things on, like just is, a haul. Is a haul? Yeah. Is it a haul? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I gotta get into my lingo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you do these hauls, and now that turned into Misfits Fashion, where you're going to sell your thrifting clothes, and you're yes. actually going to appear at the Raleigh Thrifting Vintage Convention, yes, which is this month, mm-hmm. correct? August twenty sixth. So take me into that. Take me into where your love for thrifting started. Take me into what what idea did you have or whatever happened to when you got the mindset of okay i'm going to start selling these clothes to now being on one of the biggest stages for vintage and thrifting and crazy so take me through (laughs) so from from beginning got you to where you are now take me through that okay so all right y'all buckle your (laughs) seatbelt um so i've always been thrifting ever since i was a kid uh and, and this is i'll say this before i even go into that is one thing that I've learned, and this has been a reoccurring conversation that I've been having and almost a reoccurring theme in conversations that I've been having, let me more say, more so say, um, I really feel like the key to success in adulthood is tapping back into the things that brought us pure joy as kids, because that is the easiest blueprint to like what fulfills us. Because as kids, like we don't have this filter on us of like what success looks like or what happiness is or we just experience it you're right yeah yeah. there there is no expectation or anything like that we just gravitate towards what we gravitate towards and it it fulfills us and you know thrifting was one of those things for me and uh i think it's ironic that you know my answer is the same as you know poetry how did i get started with poetry i was always writing ever since a kid so i've always been thrifting ever since i was little you know at first it wasn't anything glamorous it was just that was what was affordable you know my mom was an immigrant in this country and she my dad wasn't like the most um present you know he was like physically in my life but he just was like emotionally and like mentally absent and my mom really had to hold down both roles so she's you know working keeping the house going like yard work like everything was on her so she was never big into designer like she don't have the money you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying like you would you need to be resourceful with what you have you're not gonna focus on oh i need to get the latest jordans or i need to get gucci and no one cares okay and you're a kid you're gonna grow out of it anyway right so my mom's biggest thing was always like never hang your hat higher than you can reach and that was just her motto so she had no problem taking us to thrift stores wearing secondhand clothes like you know um when my mom drove the school bus and uh, some of her students were in like the inner city that we lived in or um, one of the inner cities that was uh, nearby us, she would sometimes bag up 
my brother's old clothes and like give them to her students if she noticed like a student was coming on wearing like the same clothes or you know just you could tell like okay yeah. like this person could like use some assistance or some help yeah. and so she was just she always had that um pay it forward and you know there's nothing wrong with receiving like used goods or like secondhand right. goods so right. you know thrifting was a just reliable and convenient means you know and, and resourceful means for my family and as I got a little bit older, probably when I was in high school, that was when it kind of more so became like style because like now I'm working, I'm making my own money, um, you know, I'm like styling myself and things like that. So I'm able to go to the store and like pick my own stuff out. And, and I've always been very crafty in that way. Like sometimes I would buy like men's dress shirts and like cut the sleeves off and like turn them into dresses. Like I would do like all types of like really cool stuff. And Fast forwarding it or rewinding it back to maybe when I was like, I have like very few accurate memories of like age. Mm. So like I like remember some parts of my childhood, but I have no idea how old I was. So yeah. I'm just going to throw out I was 10. Right. Let's say, I was like eight or 10. I don't yeah, know. Let's yeah. throw it out. But I remember I would like make clothes for my dolls and my stuffed animals out of stuff that I had thrifted. And... I came up with the idea of like, oh my gosh, like we should do, this was me and my neighbors. I was like, oh my gosh, we should do like a, um, like a recycling, like thrifting business or something like that. And it was going to be called flip flop fashion. And like the whole point was like, we're like flipping this flopped fashion. And you know, my that's hard. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's hard. (laughs) That's hard. Yo, what in the world? How do you even come up with this stuff? I don't even, and that's why I'm saying I've always been entrepreneurial. Like, I've always had that hustle mentality. Like, what can I build and create of my own? And when I tell you, it was, it was popular among my friends for like a smooth week. And then they were like, yeah, nah, like, you know, we, we kind of over that. And I was like, dang. Nah, I would have, I would have rolled with that, man. Flip flop fashion. Nah, that. You know what I'm saying? That's hard. That's hard. like 10. I had a binder with like mad sketches because my brother's best friend's sister was an intern for a fashion designer in new york city so she was teaching me how to like do sketches and things like that so i was sketching pieces i mean i was a kid so i wasn't like that great but like picasso but i mean you know what i'm saying you can tell it was a shirt a dress yeah yeah. so um you know i I was making these pieces and you know my mom kind of like shot down that dream and was like yeah like you're not gonna make it in the fashion industry and i was like dang so that in combine in combination with uh my neighbors being like yeah i mean like it was cool for a little bit but like it's kind of like lame now i was like yeah i mean i guess you're right like that's lame (laughs) and like now here i am like you know what 15 16 years later you know like having my own vintage reselling business like it is a crazy full circle moment Mm -hmm. and i was even saying the other day i wish i could go back in time and like tell that 10 year old version of myself like yo it's okay you're gonna make that dream come true Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be fire it's gonna be bigger than what you could even imagine it to be so um so yeah thrifting was always something i had you know done ever since i was little uh kept a love for it even as i got older i but i never thought anything of it to me, I've always loved fashion, and I've always been very stylish. Shout out to my mom. She, I get my style 100% from her, and I feel like she trained me to like be stylish because anytime we were going somewhere, she'd be like, 
okay, what, what are you going to wear? And like, I'd have to explain to her my outfit and like why I picked this shirt to like go with these pants and these shoes and like all this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it, it just primed me to like, you know, be the version that I am now where, you know, style is something that's effortless to me. And when it got to the point of considering this as like a business and, you know, even as a career path, it wasn't until like 2020, I think this, actually this time last year, um, shout out to one of my like really great friends in New York, um, Danielle, she, her and her husband, the same one that I was telling all downstairs about with the dogs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> shout out to Danielle yeah. and her husband, uh, and their four dogs. Yeah. So <laughs> they had lived in Georgia for a little bit and I went down to go visit them cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't seen y'all in so long. Yeah. Uh, cause I wasn't really going back to New York like that, especially with COVID and things right, like I was really right, just right. stuck in North Carolina. And when I went down and visited them, Danielle was like, oh, we're definitely like hitting up like a bunch of like Goodwills. Like I'm totally here for it. And I found so many gems. And she was like, yo, I've never seen anyone thrift the way that you thrift. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, we can literally go through the same rack of clothes and your ability to find dope pieces is unmatched like mm-hmm. i will overlook these things that you so effortlessly find yeah and that was like my first light bulb moment of like huh like, yeah okay i never really you know like thought about it like that right, right. um but I, I again i still didn't really do anything with it because i didn't know people i didn't know much about reselling i didn't know that people were even doing that so i just started getting more and more into like the thrift world and uh naturally going to vintage markets and I started doing what now is thrift haul Thursday started off as thrift haul slash laundry sort and I was just like I have all these clothes I think they're dope and I had no one to show them to so I was like I'm gonna go on Instagram live (laughs) and whoever wants to see can see and I just, it wasn't really consistent at first. It was kind of just like whenever I went thrifting and had time and I was sorting through laundry. So it started off as me just giving like laundry tips and like reading care labels and, um, you know, showing people stuff. But eventually it just started to gain a lot of traction and like people were like, yo, like this like whole thrift haul thing that you're doing is kind of cool. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, maybe I should find a way to coin a term that I can do consistently every week because I used to do a talk show on Instagram with an old friend of mine called Walking in Wellness and that was every Wednesday Mm -hmm. and um I think it was every yeah it was every Wednesday and um I was like oh okay like I could do like thrift haul Thursday so I just got real consistent with that and at first people were like okay Tony like I think you need intervention like (laughs) this you're finding great stuff but like sweetheart like where are you putting all these clothes and at first I was like I have no idea I don't really know what I'm doing with this but I just keep finding dope stuff yeah Yeah, and it got to a point where I was just like okay I realistically cannot wear all these clothes Um, and that's when I started learning more about reselling and things like that. And I was like, huh, like, I wonder if this is something that I could do. And fast forward now to February of this year, I went to the NC Vintage Bazaar at the Raleigh Convention Center downtown. And that's, they host the largest vintage market in North Carolina. And I went there 
they had like almost 100 vendors. I got my early bird ticket because I was like, yo, I'm trying to be like among the first people in there. I want to see all the vendors. I want to network as much as I can and just take it all in as well as be able to go live before my friends got there. So that was back in February. And I remember connecting with a few vendors while I was there. And I've been working closely with, you know, one of them even now. And it was just so much alignment of like, yo, you can do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not as hard as you think. You don't need as much as you think you do to get started. And now what, like seven months later, I'm now going to be vending at the very same market that I was at as just a spectator and a customer. And, you know, now I have my own business, Misfits Fashion. And it's it's very full circle because... I didn't expect for this to kind of take off so quickly, but it was just something I didn't also expect people to associate me so quickly with thrifting. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how many people were even paying attention to Thrift Hall Thursday until because, you know, you can't let me say this. Do not pay attention to views, to numbers or to likes and shares because. Not everyone is going to interact with your content, but that doesn't mean that they're not seeing it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that weren't interacting with my content, whenever I would see them in person, would be like, yo, like we see you doing your thing, like with your thrift hauls and stuff like that. I'm like, where? Like, that's dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? And um, it kind of has just now evolved to a point where I have like private buyers that, you know, I shop for them specifically and I style them. Um, I also have a few people that have reached out to me for styling them for music videos um so it's it's picked up very quickly and even though i have yet to actually have sold something well aside from to private buyers but to like sold something on a market there's so much demand already and like anticipation for me to drop items and i'm just so excited because i'm completely biased but also very honest when i say i have straight gas yeah. <laughs> like it is anything 80s 90s early 2000s oh, bro i got the gas i'm Yo, telling you i believe it i believe it i believe it that's fire so, and yeah. I'm, I'm happy for you too i'm looking Appreciate forward to what you're doing at this convention and also what's next to come thank you um and i'm gonna put this all in the bio i'm like your instagram is fits fashion instagram put your um link for your music and all that stuff so people can kind of check you out that, thank you um with that being said next question for continuing effect for miss fixed fashion like i think you went into the broad spectrum of like what's next but like after this convention thing that you're going to do at the raleigh convention center after that like what's what's your end goal like if you have like a one year two year five year plan whatever like what does it look mm-hmm. like for you down the road man um Definitely continue vending. I want to hit as many you know markets as I can. Uh, I would love to be able to travel and like hit different states. I think that that would be fire uh, for this to be an online boutique, but also have the mobility to be able to pop up in you know a market in Arizona or like you know boom now I'm in like Detroit or like yo I'm in like Pennsylvania. Like I, I just I think that would be so cool to be mobile in this because i'd also just love to experience like other states thrift stores and things like that yeah for sure um 
I would say another goal of mine that I have is I really want to get a collaboration or partnership in some capacity with Goodwill. So I have a lot of really great ideas and one of them I'll kind of like briefly share because uh, I don't want anybody to steal this idea yeah, yeah, yeah. or I'm going to fight y'all. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I have an idea of kind of doing like a thrift tour and like being able to like bring people, create accessibility for people to have more access to thrift stores and like I'm facilitating this tour. Yeah. So I'll kind of just like leave it at that for like the yeah. sake of like ambiguity. Yeah. But I would love for Goodwill to be a partner in that. Um, I also see myself potentially doing like partnership and collaboration work with NC State and their um, textiles department. I would love to maybe even like host like a conference between their sustainability, like environmental sustainability uh, department and their um, textiles because yes, thrifting is like cool, it's fashionable, it's stylish, but at the same time, it also is a reality for a lot of people that this is all they can afford which is what i started off with yeah so as much as thrifting is a industry that is projected to boom like it is a multi-billion dollar industry and it is only continuing to grow at rapid speeds but it's also solving an environmental problem with just the amount of waste that fast fashion produces. So I would love to have some form of a conference where we can talk about, you know, like the three main points, like talk about thrifting from a business standpoint and like in an industry and economic perspective, but also from an environmental standpoint and as a, um, like a sustainability factor, like how can manufacturing companies and even just uh, community members as well be more mindful of what they're doing with their used clothes. So many people are quick to just throw their stuff out versus donate it. Or some people even just have a misconception and uh, stigma about thrifting and be like, oh, it's dingy, it's dirty, it's used, it's gross. Yeah. And that's just not the case. Yeah. Yes, in some circumstances it is. Uh, but at the same time, like there's amazing things that you can find for very affordable prices. I agree. So I would say that those are um, probably two more so in the future goals that I have. Right now, I really just want to focus on solidifying my brand of misfits and you know scaling and developing that and being able to create a strong presence i really want to be a vendor for so let me give uh the vision behind even like the inception of the name so misfits is ms dot f-i-t-z so literally an identification name like misfits but it also stems from the word misfits which is someone who is unconventional. They're often an outcast, you know, someone that's non-traditional in like societal norms. Um, they're a non-conformist, you know, they're typically that like outside of the box thinker, the black sheep, um, you know, so. I was wondering where that name came from. Yeah, I've always been a misfit. Yeah. So I've, I've always been a misfit. I've always been someone that, you know, I don't subscribe to like one group. I kind of just like float around and, you know, I don't, uh, I don't allow myself to get locked into labels yeah. and it's kind of just like, yo, I believe what I believe. And if you want to try to put a label on that, cool, but I'm not going to sit here. Like I don't have time for like Democrat Republican conversations or, you know, conservative liberal conversation. I don't you call it what you want, but I know what I believe. I know what my values are and my, you know, all that good jazz. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, um, for me, 
I've just always identified with being a misfit. And the pieces that I thrift, I feel like are also misfits in the sense that they're the discarded pieces that, you know, they have their own personality. They have their own, you know, uniqueness. They're bold. They're vibrant. They're often not conventional. They're not the same things that you would walk into, you know, Forever 21, H&M. You know, they're not the mass manufactured pieces. They're one of a kind. They're unique and they stand in their uniqueness. But at some point, like they were discarded because whether they weren't needed anymore, they don't fit. They just, the person moved on from it, whatever. But they're a misfit in that sense that, it takes a certain type of person that's willing to also embody that uniqueness and boldness and one of a kindness to rock those pieces and really own them. So I'm a misfit. My pieces are misfits. And then from an identification standpoint, I am misfit. That's hard. So that's you know. so hard. Oh <laughs> my God. Look, man, there's always more to it Look, than just the oh service. My God. <laughs> Cause when you first when you first talked about it and it said misfits and I was like who is Fitz? Like, I, I was because uh, I said it multiple times I was like misfits I was like I was like who is Fitz? I was like uh, maybe her middle name's like Fitzgerald or something like that <laughs> like I literally had no idea and I was like I kept thinking to myself like misfits like now it makes sense it is. and now it it, is. that that's hard. And that's then this hard. is kind of like my my motto for it. Uh, misfits is your soon to be favorite misfit vintage plug why because misfits fits don't miss <laughs> oh my gosh that's a hard it's hard yo i'm telling you i'm telling you you spent too much fire today you spent, you spent too much fire today you gotta calm down you spent too much fire today somebody get her some water oh my gosh look let me take a sip real quick let me let me uh, <laughs> I had to take a sip of my water because there's just too much fire right now. We need a fire extinguisher. We we need to call the Raleigh PD. We need to call the, the the rescue. We everybody. need to call everybody. You call, you spitting too much fire today. <laughs> so, you know it's it's ironic that I said that that you're spitting too much fire today because I'm wrapping up. I'm gonna put you on yeah. the spot. I'm gonna put you on the spot. So as an as an artist, as an MC, as a lyricist, yeah. acapella. I don't have a beat for you, but acapella. If you're willing, okay, could you spit us a freestyle? Amen. All right. <clears throat> you gotta get in action. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get myself situated. In Shoot, let me get some water. Hold on now. All right, go ahead, okay. go ahead and take a sip. Go ahead and take a sip. Get the, get the vocal cords ready. Get the sarcophagus going. Whatever you gotta do. I almost gargled the water. That's how you know. <laughs> that's how you would know it was serious. Like, oh no, damn. You gotta like, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Hmm. All right, give me a second, y'all. Okay, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm going to start, and then I want you to throw me some words. Okay. Yeah, that's what, we're, right. that's what we're... And I'm going to incorporate the words into the freestyle. All right. You all right, know, cool. uh, all right. So that means I got to think on the fly. I can't freestyle, so thinking on the fly is, like, hard to me. But, just, you know, I'll... Yeah, I just, got you. Just think... Yeah. I got you. It can be random stuff. Like, okay. it can even be things that you see. Like, I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. All right. Or you can even pull up a random word generator like, if you want to. Like, whatever whatever okay. you got to do. Look, I'm, I'm going to make it work. All right. I got you. All right, bet. Yo, 
So the name is Tony, and you know that I'm on top of the morning. Yeah, I just put that in a song. So what I'm really doing is just telling you right from wrong, but also I'm not preaching. I'm simply just teaching everything that I know that I could do and I'm seeking. Uh, I'm seeking knowledge, like knowledge of self, but also taking time to invest in my health because I know that at the end of the day, that's the wealth that I am trying to acquire. And also I'm reaching higher to everything that I'm doing. Cam said I'm spitting fire. So that is what I'm doing. Also just like a dragon, but you know, I'm truly humble. I'm never the one that's bragging. I'm also doing this and these rappers I'm steady dragging because they be looking like dang how she spitting that fire so fast and I'll be like really this is all off of the dome and everything I'm doing it's not built in a day like Rome but also I know that I am just shining like it's chrome like you waxed it off or maybe what you did is you taxed it off because that's what I'm gonna be doing with my business I'm gonna be writing them tax off no Tax write-offs, that's the word, but it's okay because I flipped it. Because you know when it comes to freestyling, sometimes you got to change the rhythm and sometimes change the cadence. And once you do that, you recognize there's a, huh, there's a pause in my mind. Because sometimes you need to do that and just take your time and find the rhymes and find the words that you could do. And oftentimes you just leave them by the side or on the wayside. I don't even know. Like I said, I'm just by campsite chilling and we out here on the podcast and everything that we doing is just from the past for the fact that we done brought it to the present. And that's why I'm just so gifted. I'm so uplifted with the way that I just be spitting and now your consciousness is shifted and everything that I'm doing is just so I can grow. It's also because I'm applying what I know. I know that you can see it. I know that it will show. And I know that what's happening is your mind will blow because you be looking at it like, damn, I'm moving slow. How's she doing this? All off of the top, on the spot. And I'm just being like, that's just how I do. It doesn't matter if you put me on the spot. I'm going to make sure that I go ahead and make it my spot. And that is on the top. And everything I'm doing is always gems that I drop. So Cam, go ahead and throw me another word. You didn't even throw one, but it's okay. This is fun because what I'm just doing this is making sure that it's done in a way that I'm keeping it going like I could run I run in like a track star everything I'm doing is simply to take me far so go ahead and throw me your word I'll incorporate favorite. it to a bar because you know that I'm here I'm your favorite guest and everything that I am doing I'm just spitting my best you also could have guessed that what I'm about to do is be the one that's spitting fire all up in the stew I know we talking a lot about fire so I'm gonna cool it down I'm gonna make sure I pick this up off the ground because what I'm doing is astounding I'm also just blowing your brain and I'm cheers uh, you want me to go ahead and cherish this moment and that's what I'm going to do because everything I can do is in this moment. So like I said, I'm going to be here in the present. I'm also going to make sure that I'm looking in my future, but not in a way that's invoking anxiety, bling. but in a way that makes me have feeling free because I'm shining. I'm out here. I'm not one with the blings, but everything I'm doing, I make sure it's my thing because I'm the one with the name that got a ring, like the Contini effect. And you know that that's a flex. Yeah. Everything Apple. I'm doing is simply just to project. Uh, I'm more of an android person i don't like apple but it's okay because i'm gonna make sure that i keep it snapple with the facts everything that i'm doing is to distract you from all of the pain and pollution vision. that they are putting in the music you know i got that 2020 vision and everything that i'm doing is simply like supervision of parent looking over the child or the, acting wild but it's okay because i'm gonna make sure tuesday. that i freestyle and you know that we got together on a wednesday but yesterday was tuesday so i had to say what's going on i'm just here to stay i'm also here for this 
this game and here to play. Everything that I am doing, you know that Done. I slay. And you know I'm about to be the one watching the time and also making sure that I'm taking my time to spit the rhymes that I've crafted right here on a fly or even like I flipped it just like a dime. And everything that I'm doing, you know that it's so fine. And I'd be like, dang, Tony, you just out of your mind. Drop I'm out mic. of my league. I'm doing this. What did you say? I didn't hear you. Say Drop it the one mic. more time. I dropped the mic, but it's okay. It's on a stand. I hope that you understand that everything I'm doing is simply to rebrand the version of myself that I was once in my past. But now I'm simply here and I'm grateful I have moved past everything that hurt me and everything tried to break me. But now I'm here in my future. Yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it and remake mouse. it and recreate it. I'm moving so silent. I'm moving just like a mouse. And I know that one day I'm going to find my special spouse. And when I do that, we're going to go and buy a house and we're going to be living a legacy that's beautiful. Everything that I want to see, I want to multiply. Multiply because throne. I know that I can't defy all these lies that have been against me. I'm sitting on my throne. I'm a queen, so I'm looking for my king. And also when I do, I know he'll give me a ring. And that's just why I'm here. Like I said, I'm not one for the bling, but also what I'm going to do is make sure that I sing my praises to the man Water. that is up in the sky. You know, G.I. You say what? Water. Oh, okay, bet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> Also, was definitely about to like misspell what I was about to say because yeah, I was yeah, definitely yeah. like, wait, hold on a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for G-O-D. <laughs> and then you said water. And I was like, huh? But we here with it. It's okay. Cam sipping on his water because he know that he thirsty because everything that I'm doing is spitting heat that he feels. So everything I do is also just to reveal the power of taking time to just sit and feel all your emotions that sometimes are trapped inside your body. But that's why when I hop on a mic, I just simply body. Even if I don't have a mic, no, nah. Even if I don't have a beat, I just embody the beats that I'm feeling like the beat in my heart because everything I'm doing, I put heart in my art. And that's why that is to me my favorite part. So everything that I am doing is to spread me apart from all these lames and people that's moving the same because I know that I have a vision to tame and you can't even tell me that I'm moving so lame because really what I'm doing is I'm trying to proclaim that I can be anything that I want to be because I also understand what's my destiny so I can keep on going I can keep freestyling that's just how it is I just be out here wilding but I'm also moving strategically so what I'm about to do is just go set my people free let them know that there's power in economics there's also power in the way that you be spitting phonics because these words that be coming together it's so chronic or maybe it's just ironic the way that I'm doing this I'm giving you this here tonic because I really want you to heal your body i also want to make sure that you know your body you know yourself and if you ever stuck with somebody that's not valuing you or seeing your worth that you will go ahead and tap into yourself first and you'll be the one that's establishing your worth and that's what i had to do to me and when i did that i went ahead and i set myself free peace oh! <laughs> this is where i really need one of those boards Kind of like sway in the morning be doing that fire. Let me say this to anybody that's listening. For me, like my journey of freestyling, I think people think that like freestyling needs to be this like seamless transition of like, you know, and this was one of the biggest things that I didn't realize because again, there's this misconception in just media in general. When I first started learning to freestyle, 
I thought the people that I was watching freestyle were doing this off of the top. No, a lot of the times these are pre-written yep. verses, yep. but they're freestyling over a beat that they didn't write the yep. verse to. Yeah. No, to me, that's a free verse because when you look at it from the standpoint of poetry, I used to do a lot of free verse poetry. It's not really a specific structure. You create the rhyme scheme. You can switch up the you know the flow and whatever you want to do. There's no structure like a haiku, an ode, a, a, you know, you're not following anything specific you could just do whatever the heck you want to do in a free verse so to me i also want to challenge and redefine what we consider a freestyle versus what is a free verse because i was sitting here like man like i don't know how these people just be like running with like streams of consciousness and like everything just makes sense and flows and goes and this that and the third and like a lot of it is premeditated everything that i just spit right now i had no idea what the heck i was about to say but at the same time, like you just have fun with it and you flow with it and, and you release yourself of the expectation that it needs to be perfect, that it needs to be seamless. It needs to be all this, that and the third. Yeah, like, yeah. nah, just just do it and just put yourself out there. And like, that's something that I also try to tell people like at Cypher University, like when they when they come to the tunnel, I'm just like, yo, do what you got to do. Like, say what you got to say and like, just own it. As long as you're being yourself and you're being true to yourself, go ahead and do it. Even if you stumble, if you mumble, if you mess up, I messed up a couple times, yeah, yeah. but I kept rolling with it. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, it's a freestyle. Yeah. People actually appreciate those mess ups because it's confirmation that it was a freestyle. The authenticity. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man, Dude, man, look, <laughs> I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate yeah, you. Uh, once, once you hit me up and was like, yo, I'm trying to have you on a podcast. Yeah. I was like, first of all, my nephew got a podcast. <laughs> like, I'm here for it. Yo, you already yo, know I had to come through and that yo. I had to support. But even just the fact that, like, you wanted this to be an opportunity for me to, you know, chat about the things that I'm working on. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate you creating this space and opening your space as well up for me to, you know, come through and just chat. And you of asked course. amazing questions. I was like, dude, this is, like, fantastic and, like, very easy, like, flow and transition. So, like, great job to you as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying to get better. Pod, pod, yeah. pie, pod, episode by episode. You're not trying. You're doing. You feel me? You feel me? You feel me? Bro, you're not trying. You're doing. I I appreciate you. So again, thank you for coming and taking the time to be on the podcast. Um, I hope that everybody listens to this, goes and shoots you a follow um, and supports what you're doing with the convention at at the Raleigh Convention Center. Though it's on August, I want to say 26, but I might be wrong. So um, I can even kind of just like give like a rundown of like some of the things I have. And I'll put it in the the description too. Okay, bet. So So if y'all want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Tony, T-O-N-I underscore Contini, C-O-N-T-I-N-I. You could also follow my business page, which which is at Misfits Fashion, but it's M-S dot and then Fits Fashion, and it's Fits with a Z. You could also find it in the bio of my main page. So (laughs) if that's easier for y'all to find, go ahead. Everything's there, though. Um, As for the vintage market that I'm going to be vending at, that is on August 26th. Tickets are available now. Um, the link is in my Misfits Fashion Instagram page. For whatever reason, Instagram is not allowing me to add links to my regular Instagram, which yeah, is stupid because yeah. I had my link tree in there for so long. But yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, though um, there's that coming up on August 26th. And then I'm working with Cypher University on their second annual Cypher U weekend in September. So that is going to be September 9th through the 11th. So that is a three-day festival where we are celebrating all things hip-hop. 
the ninth is a Saturday and that's going to be a panel discussion. Mainly the theme is going to be, you know, talking about the 50 years of hip hop and like what its influence has been on a local level as well as a global level. Um, on Sunday, it's going to be a community cookout. So there's going to be some local artists performing. There'll be a DJ, food. Uh, and then Monday will be our grand finale, which will be our 12th annual Cypher at NC State Ooh. at the Free Expression Tunnel. Ooh. So if y'all are trying to hear not only your girl spit a little bit more, but also some of the really dope other uh, artists and MCs that are out here uh, and even just across the country because people come from all over the place okay. um, for this cypher. So on NC State campus, September 11th at like 10 p.m. or something like that. But registration is live. So if you go to at Cypher Cypher on Instagram, so that's C-Y-P-H-A and then you just do two of that. Um, the Eventbrite link should be in that bio and you can go ahead and register. The three-day event is completely free. So, yeah, those are those are the two main things that I have going on as of right now. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And for the convention, the thrifting convention at the Raleigh Convention Center, there are early bird tickets. There are general admission tickets and five after five tickets. And then there's mistaken. a hardcore ticket, which is like if you want to get there, like at the very, very beginning. So okay. it's like earlier than early bird. OK, so gotcha. the convention is from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. So 9 a.m. admission is for like hardcore. I think those are like twenty dollar tickets. Um, $15 is for the early bird, which is 10 a.m. admission. Mm -hmm. uh, general admission is at 11 a.m. And then $5 after 5, um, which is 5 p.m. Yeah. admission. So, yeah. yeah. So, cool. But definitely use the link in my bio because it's an affiliate link. So, y'all go ahead and, and, and use that. There you go. That's the, that's the go. one y'all got to use. Make sure you click the link in the bio. Yeah. So, <laughs> cool. Again, look. This has been fun. This is like, I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I did I really too. enjoyed this. This and was a dope reunion. I don't want to hurt any feelings, but this is probably the best one I've done so far. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Y'all already uh, know. I don't want to hurt any feelings, but I mean, I, I, like you said earlier, call a spade a spade. Hey, man. Walk like a duck, quiet like a duck. It's a it's duck. A duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful reunion. We got to do this again sometime. Absolutely. So, I appreciate you. I appreciate um, you. With that being said, it's a wrap. Make sure y'all... Hit the link in the, in my personal bio to become a supporter of this podcast. Um, everything's appreciated, monthly, one time, whatever you may have you. Make sure you continue to support my friend Tony Contini, auntie, um, yeah. everything she's doing coming up. And just be on the lookout for a lot of things. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. And again, if anybody has, you know, a soundboard, hit Cam up. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, my top of the morning family. What's good, everybody? Peace. I just want to take a moment to introduce myself for those of you that may not know me. My name is Tony Contini, and I want to welcome you all to the Contini Effect. Now look, I'm new to this whole rap thing and all, but one day I picked up a pen and <laughs> this is what happened. Look, growing up, I never fit with the crowd. Too many people with copies with this way too proud. So I would do my own thing and make my own rules. Never needed no one because I already got my own tools. Look, I'm a melanin queen. So smooth, honey, busting from my seams And a leg stay poppin', IQ not droppin' Bars stay boppin', come on, grind, not stoppin' Come on, grind, not stoppin' Come on, grind, not stoppin' Look, I'ma run this bag quick so you can get it Don't let me catch you later on talking about oh, I forget it My flow too nice for you to mess around and miss it But hey, don't waste no time, go ahead, hit replay Then, listen close to the words that I say In the meantime, send this bridge back My way, my way, my way
my way. So as y'all can hear, I'm pretty nice with it, and I can't even front. Growing up, people used to tell me, you know, Tony, I feel like you got bars, but I ain't know how to freestyle. So I would brush them off and tell them, nah, I don't really do that. Until one day I was in my room and figured I'd give it a shot. And now that I know I can rap, nobody can tell me nothing, cause I'm a bold brown substance, uh. Something to be slowly sipping, savor. Yeah, I was birthed from the vine, Mother Earth. Don't try to check me, best believe that I know my worth. I was brought here to speak my truth. What else? Inspire people and uplift the youth. Yeah. Don't try to stop me from what I'ma do. My ancestors got my back, so hell yeah, them dreams coming true. I try to sit down every day to do my meditation. Better come at me correct, cause I ain't with the faking. I'm working hard to manifest all that I could be. But if you're third eye blind, then you won't see. Uh, yeah. They want our third eye blind so that we can't see. Look, man, don't keep your third eye blind. Wake up, it's time to see. I know you hear this, here I'm spewing. If not, it's all good. I'll leave it on the stove to keep stewing. You cannot stop me from this glowing and growing. Cause the more I keep on doing it, the more I keep showing. All my bars revive the beat when it's dead. My flow electric. Sending straight shocks to the head. Like, have them asking, is you hip to this chick? If not, you better go and get with it quick. Now, y'all are probably saying, okay, we get it. You can rap, but what is the Contini effect? So in case you're wondering, wonder no further, let me explain. The Contini Effect is the process of creating optimistic networks that inspire and nurture individuals. And this didn't just happen, okay? Cause look, before I hopped inside this booth, it took a lot of soul searching to uncover my truth. This path ain't easy and it's not supposed to be. Don't believe me? Why? Cause I ain't posted on IG? Everything I say is straight profit Just understand nothing can be done and set to stop it So that means it's up to me to keep the show going While sharing everything to this day I be knowing I bet this has a lot of y'all surprised But I had to learn to move in silence to enjoy the prize And in the process that helped make me wise And preserve my project from those judging eyes Some of y'all may say I'm talking crazy And that's okay, cause that's what happens when your conscience hazy I'm here to share everything that makes me me Plus it's only up from here, I promise that's a guarantee Yeah, that's it I'm out. Deuces.